Welcome everyone to Nuck If You Buck, the Milwaukee Bucks podcast that explains how your local team stacks up against the rest of the NBA. Hey Hoopheads, we appreciate you listening to this episode of Nuck If You Buck. Be sure to check out these other NBA pods on the Hoopheads Podcast Network, including Cavalier Central, 305 Culture, Spanning the Spurs, Hashtag Lakers, Motor City Hoops, X's and O's NBA Breakdown, LA Hoops, The Wizards Hoops Analyst, and At The Buzzer. Plus our coaching-focused podcasts, Thrive with Trevor Huffman, Beyond the Ball, the CoachMaze.com podcast, Players Court, Bleachers and Boards, The Green Light, and Courtside Culture. Oh, and don't forget to check out our flagship, the Hoopheads podcast, hosted by me, Mike Cleansing, and my co-host, Jason Sunkel, featuring the best minds in the game, from grassroots to the NBA. Hey, Hoopheads, we all hate ankle sprains, and they happen way too often. Ankle injuries are the number one sports-related injury. Arise is trying to change that. With the iFast, your athletes get preventative protection and full mobility. Athletes no longer need to wear bulky braces that limit performance and give mediocre protection. Anyone playing sports should be using these products. Keep your athletes in the game. Don't wait for them to get hurt to take action. Visit www.arise.com. Spelled A-R-Y-S-E. And use the code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off the future of performance. That's A-R-Y-S-E dot com with promo code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Nuck If You Buck, hosted by me, Devin Zanskis, and brought to you by Hoopheads, as always. I'm coming at you solo, but we do have the All-Star Game, the return of regular season basketball, and a little bit of everything to cover today. Starting, of course, uh, with Giannis's first All-Star MVP, now the Kobe Bryant MVP award for the All-Star Game. <laughs> he uh, scored 35 points on a perfect 16 of 16 from the field and 3 of 3 uh, from 3-point land. Um, that is double the most field goals made without uh, a single miss in an All-Star Game. Um, Hal Greer, all the way back in 1968, um, made 8 of his 8 field goals way back when. Giannis doubling that here um in historic fashion at this rate Giannis also has an all-time high um 28.8 points per game um in all-star games for players with at least five appearances behind him um is Kevin Durant with 25 points per game LeBron with 22.9 points per game and Russell Westbrook with 21.6 points per game um he in amusing fashion, uh, right, af- right after uh, winning his award and doing his usual media appearance, he he comically shouts, Milwaukee, this is for you, uh, to allude to uh, LeBron uh, winning the championship and bringing it home to Cleveland. Uh, I hope that wasn't a bit of a jinx for Milwaukee's title hopes this year. But we're still very proud of Giannis. Of course, this is the one year where I somewhat boycott the all-star uh game and and i miss him doing doing this performance but uh i don't 
I don't think I would necessarily take my time back at all. After all, it's Bucks games and even more than regular season uh, playoff Bucks games that are the most important. Uh, so, despite Giannis being able to show off even more so than usual on a global stage, uh, I don't necessarily regret missing this All Star game. But it's still good to hear. Our guy Giannis continue to be historic even against uh, NBA All-Stars. Most importantly, um, he and Team LeBron were able to contribute $100 million to the Thurgood Marshall uh, College Fund um, for their victory. So that's all well and good, but uh, I figured I'd touch on that here, of course. Uh, Giannis winning his first um, All-Star MVP. Uh, He's definitely already a shoe-in for a first ballot uh, Hall of Fame appearance. So in the long run, it doesn't really change much. But uh, nonetheless, I'm happy that Giannis gets to add yet another award to his trophy case. Uh, More relevant to the rest of the Milwaukee Bucks was them redeeming themselves from an early season uh, 20 ball uh, put on them against the Knicks. Um, and they redeemed themselves by uh, dropping a 30 ball on them this time in a 134-101 victory. Uh, following the All-Star break, they also introduced their earned edition jerseys in this game, which personally I think I think they're pretty cool. Nice and simple with the typical uh, Milwaukee Bucks green uh, jerseys, but of course kind of... Uh, on the sides, you get that, the uh, deer antlers. And, you know, it's it's kind of nice to see the Bucks not fully redoing their entire jerseys and color concept, concept at all with this, but still uh, putting out a jersey that I know plenty of fans, potentially myself included, would be interested in purchasing. Buck starters in this game were Drew, Dante, Chris, Giannis, and Brooke. Ahead of this game, Mike Budenholzer said that there would be uh, not necessarily any minutes restriction at all for Drew Holiday. Earlier in the week, he had joked that uh, maybe everybody would be on a on a minutes restriction um, coming off of the All Star break. Obviously, not the kind of jokes that Bucks fans are are uh, finding the most amusing at this point. But but yeah, I guess the main main thing is that we're happy that. Drew seems pretty much back to his normal self, which is uh, about as much as we could ask for considering uh, his bout with uh, COVID-19. Obviously, players have not necessarily come back fresh from that um, and definitely not necessarily after two games, but uh, potentially about as good as timing as you could get if a player's going to contract COVID during this crazy year in which Drew gets an extra um, gets an extra week uh, to rest after coming back from COVID. Obviously, he had a stellar performance against the Grizzlies, so maybe he was already all well and good there, but yeah, just it's it's nice to have all of our Bucks starters back again. And then for the Knicks, they uh, rolled out uh, Alfred Payton, R.J. Barrett, Reggie Bullock, um, 
Julius Randle and Nerlens Noel, no surprises there. What may come to a surprise to fans is that the broadcast shared that entering this game, the uh, Knicks were top two in both defensive rating and opponent field goal percentage. Uh, I, I already mentioned the final score in this, so um, it may not be what the what um, what fans would expect from the from the Knicks here. But uh, if you consider who their coach is and and Tom Thibodeau, uh, you know maybe it's not too much of a shocker. We did see the Knicks building a wall more so against Giannis. Um, of course, that's not foreign to Bucks fans at all. But we have seen, especially in the week prior against the Nuggets, uh, some teams have, have haven't been doing so as much and just letting Giannis do what he's what he's going to do anyway and staying home on shooters. But the Knicks weren't having that, particularly Taj Gibson was using his using his size and veteran savvy to bother Giannis a bit. Um, not that Giannis didn't have another stellar performance in this one, but uh, yeah, I was impressed with uh, the defensive contribution that Taj Gibson was still putting out there considering his age. Um, early on as well, RJ Barrett did put Brooke Lopez on a poster, but the Bucks would definitely uh, get it back for Brooke there. Uh, there were two separate instances where of the Bucks uh, forcing back-to-back turnovers against the Knicks. Uh, first one in the first quarter, um, and the second of those back-to-back uh, forced turnovers led to a uh, somewhat rare Chris Middleton Slam capping off uh, a 12 to 0 Bucks run from about the 6:30 to the uh, four and a half minute remaining mark in the first quarter. I noted early that it seemed like somewhat of a slow paced game. I didn't necessarily go and look up look up where the Knicks uh, fall in pace, but I also I also did in my mind think that maybe. Maybe I was. It was just a bit of myself getting my legs under me, catching back up with watching uh, basketball on a nightly basis after about a a week hiatus. There, after the first quarter, the Bucks were um, shooting three of six to the Knicks's uh, four of nine from the three point arc. Brook with eleven points, leading both teams, and Emmanuel quickly, impressive rookie, um, leading it for the Knicks with seven points. The Bucks started the second quarter with Drew Holiday, Bryn Forbes, Pat Connaughton, Giannis Antetokounmpo, and Bobby Portis. And the Knicks rolled out uh, quickly Frankie Smokes, Alec Burks, Obi Toppin, and Taj Gibson to start the second. Early on in the second is where I would uh, I would then also see the back-to-back first turnovers for the second time this half. Um, one of those turnovers, the first, led to uh, a Giannis and one, and the second forced turnover led to a Dante DiVincenzo layup, um, and that would cap off another at least 10-point uh, um, run by the Bucks with no answers. Uh, the Gnosis would draw an offensive foul on Julius Randle, uh, extending his arm for the shove. The Gnosis definitely... Uh, Sold the call a bit there, um, but but that's good. We got an, uh, an extra offensive possession for the Bucks on that one. Um, but then the Knicks would somewhat get it back for us as uh, 
Reggie Bullock was doing a stellar job in transition against Chris Middleton, uh, forcing Chris out of bounds, uh, getting right up in his grill, but not actually uh, drawing any contact at all, making Middleton step out of bounds. Although it looked like a block at first, considering uh, considering Reggie getting getting right up in Chris's face in transition. Um, yeah, the refs made the right call there, and uh, like I said, the Knicks were able to, to get that possession back in this instance. DJ Augustine would, would uh, knock down a three late in the first half, and then uh, at the halfway mark, I believe the Bucks had put up 68 points on the Knicks, which is the second most that they had allowed after one half all season. I mentioned a couple of times that that uh, there were two separate instances where the Bucks uh, forced uh, back-to-back turnovers. Um, but then again, when I checked the stats around the half, halfway mark, um, I wasn't necessarily blown away at all by the amount of turnovers that the Knicks had. Maybe some of those weren't necessarily counted as steals in the box score, and they were just good contest forcing a missed shot as the Bucks had the same amount of turnovers after the first half and also the same amount of three points made um, versus the Knicks. The Bucks, however, did have a higher uh, higher three point three higher three point percentage and more fast break points. Um, let's see then early in the third quarter we would see a rare uh uh, Giannis lob to Brooke Lopez sneaking behind the defense there, followed by a Giannis three, and then Brooke flying in for 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 a block from a, from an awkward angle, but he was able to get it clean. I thought uh, throughout a lot of this game, Randall was was doing a good job job finding uh, shooters in the corner off of drives. That's kind of one point that analysts have made on Randall and his uh, most improved player. Uh, candidacy here is that he's um, he's becoming even more of like a point forward um, from what it seems uh, doing much better uh, playmaking for his teammates uh, not long after that Randall would um, at this point where I was uh, jotting down notes in the game Randall would have another offensive uh, rebound in which he he extended the elbow on Chris there it wasn't too egregious and Nick and Chris didn't have to step out of the game at all. Um, but next to offensive possession for the Bucks, and Giannis would uh, not long after uh, get it back for uh, for his friend Chris picking the pocket of Randall for a coast-to-coast slam. After three quarters, the Bucks would lead 97-78. to Giannis with 22 points, uh, nine rebounds, eight assists to Randall's, 19 points, two rebounds, two assists to start the fourth quarter. Bucks would roll out... Uh, uh, Drew, Brand, Dante, Thanasis, and Giannis uh, nominally at the five to um, the Knicks presenting uh, quickly Frankie Smokes, Burks, uh, Obi, and Taj. I believe these were, looks like for the Knicks there, that was the same lineup that they started. They started the same lineup uh, to begin the fourth as they did in the second quarter. Um Early in the fourth quarter, Giannis would already have himself um, the first triple-double of the week for him. Uh, Spoiler alert, he would also have his uh, second triple-double against the Wizards in the second contest of the week. Uh, 
Um, but that triple double came off of an assist to Bryn Forbes, who had back to back threes in the fourth, and and finished this game with with um, a Giannis esque seven a seven from three with without a miss there all 21 points of his coming from the three-point line after the game uh Giannis was asked if Bryn was the it was the best shooting teammate he's ever had and he jokingly said absolutely not I'm the best shooter that I've ever played with citing of course his perfect performance in the all-star game also I believe he made I think he he made one of I think he made a three in like his past two contests as well on only one attempt. So nice to see see even more humor coming from uh, Giannis there following a, a post game media, especially after a comfortable win for the Bucks, and also kind of a tough position for Giannis to be in because of course he's played with plenty of great shooters like a like a Kyle Korver. So. Good on Giannis there. By the five-minute mark in the fourth quarter, we would also see uh, after a DJ Augustine four-point play, after getting fouled in the corner, uh, Sam Merrill, uh, DJ Wilson, and Mamadi Diakite action. Part of my pronunciation, but um, but yeah, it was awesome to see those guys out there again, um, especially Mamadi Diakite getting his first. Uh, NBA bucket on a face-up mid-range two over Taj Gibson, in which obviously the bench goes crazy. Love to also see some DJ Wilson action out there, knocking down threes, using his size, and uh, and moving moving his feet against uh, a variety of offensive players. Sam Merrill hitting threes as always and uh, impressing us with with his defense. And one last note on this game is that this was the 15th consecutive 20-point game against the Knicks for Giannis. 20 points is not necessarily a difficult threshold for Giannis to make it at this point, but 15 times in a row is, is still still good to see. Ever since his younger days in the NBA, Knicks have been a, a team that he rises to the occasion against. Of course, it was maybe his rookie year, I think it was, was when he uh, first flashed his real potential with a with a behind the back move and transition to get past get past a defender in his rookie year and, and a huge Statue of Liberty dunk and then none of us will ever forget the, the dunk he had jumping over Tim Hardaway Jr. either. Let's see. I think I'm going to take a, a break after that contest breakdown to share a note from our sponsor in Thrive Fantasy. Come prop up on Thrive Fantasy this season. Thrive Fantasy is a daily fantasy sports app for player props. They've eliminated the need to do countless hours of research because they only ask you about the top tier athletes in in a respective sport. You uh, choose five out of 10 player prop options to build your lineup. For someone like me, who's obviously obsessive about the NBA, but a little more casual in areas like the NFL, I think this would really be an easy and effective way for me to participate and maybe build up some knowledge in those sports uh, considering um, despite my casual status per se I think it would still be reasonable for me to pick out uh, 10 of the top players in the NFL or more each fantasy point has a or pardon me each prop has a fantasy point total associated with the over under based on its likelihood to occur the more points selection is worth 
naturally the riskier it is. Rack up the most points to win a share of the player prize pool. Thrive has awarded over $2.2 million since launching in 2018. They had 50,000 guaranteed just for one week of the NFL season and thousands more since the beginning of the NBA uh, return. To take advantage of this, you may use promo code Giannis, that's G-I-A-N-N-I-S, when you sign up today and you'll receive an instant instant deposit match up to $50 on your first deposit of $20 or more. You may download Thrive Fantasy on the App Store or Play Store, or you may visit their website at www.thrivefantasy.com. Sign up and prop up today. All right, the next contest we have here, um, just last night as of recording, as of recording here today on a on an early Sunday afternoon was the Bucks um, just defeating a Bradley Beal list Wizards 125 to 119. We had the same Bucks starters as before, and then the Wizards would roll out um, a uh, Russell Westbrook, uh, Garrison Matthews, Denny Abdia. Uh, Rui Hachimura and Alex Len. Drew would get it, get it started off for the Bucks here, uh, recovering uh, the lost jump ball for uh, easy first couple points for the Bucks. You then have the Bucks' second basket of the game and a steal as well before he came out in the first uh, quarter. DJ, DJ Wilson, first man off the bench here. Uh, after the first quarter, um, both teams would have a uh, plenty of assists through just one quarter. Bucks with seven, Wizards with five. However, it's quite remarkable that points off the turnovers for each squad were only nine points off turnovers for the Bucks to the Wizards five. Uh, and then uh, Big Bobby Portis would also cap off the first quarter with a buzzer-beating three, leading the Bucks to a thirty-six to thirty-three lead after one. Bucks would start the second quarter with Drew, Bryn, Dante, Giannis, and Bobby. We'd see a flagrant one uh, foul called on Alex Lund here for wrapping his arms uh, around Giannis's head. It wasn't it wasn't egregious or anything. It wasn't it wasn't a full sleeper hold, but um, but the rule book states that pretty much any uh, contact around the head whatsoever. Um, is due for a flagrant foul uh, call. Flagrant one, that is. And that was the verdict for Alex Len. We would see um, see more contributions from Bobby against his former team, knocking down uh, a couple threes. A couple more threes in the in the second quarter and then a face-up two as well. Uh, good to see Bobby rising to the occasion against his former team, especially when we need it here. We didn't see him quite as much against the Knicks, but of course... His contributions weren't quite as pertinent. The by halftime, the Bucks would uh, be down by one sixty-four to sixty-five. That was after the first half, and the Bucks started the third quarter third quarter quite hot on an eight-zero run. Um, and the Wizards, uh, after this run, had about a three-minute drought with no field goal. However, the Wizards would bounce back uh, with a few buckets in a row from Alex Len. In between there, we would see see an alley oop from Giannis, in which he would he finish it with a reverse uh, dunk off the lob. Quite impressive, but little impresses us to be honest with Giannis. With Giannis these days, um, basically, unless he's jumping over someone or if, 
or that Steph Curry uh, bounce off the ground and seeing Giannis escape the, the camera frame. Yeah, little surprises us with Giannis here unless unless his go 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 gadget arms completely leave leave the screen for us fans. Quite remark remarkable in this game was Rui Hachimura being quite aggressive offensively with 29 points after three quarters. I believe he ended with 29 points as well, but he was doing a great job uh, knowing that someone would have to step, step up in the absence of Bradley Beal, and that's partially what helped the Wizards keep it so close in this contest um, to the dismay of Bucks fans. Um, I'm going to fast forward a bit here to... Uh, Drew Holiday knocking down a huge three with less than four minutes left. Still close here as it had been the entire game. After that, uh, Clutch drew three. Giannis would also have it have an easy slam down the left side of the lane. Uh, strolling in there quite easily, but he definitely thought he got fouled on that one. Rus- Russell Westbrook um, would respond with an and. And one through Chris Middleton. Second, second time, at least in this game, that I saw where where he threw Chris Middleton uh, underneath the stanchion there. I uh, can't blame him. <laughs> can't blame him at all, considering uh, Russell Westbrook's athletic prowess, built like a linebacker, of course. And Drew Holiday would hit a hit a fadeaway jumper in the paint. Um, and then uh, Denny Adiba would hit hit an above the break three over Pat Connaughton. Then we would see another Wizards three from uh, Russell Westbrook with 40 seconds remaining to tie it up at 119. Then Chris Middleton would get fouled, knocked down uh, two free throws. And um, we would see Russell Westbrook, of course, driving to the basket again. But Chris would force him uh, to miss this one. Quite encouraging to see, seeing that we that we saw Russell uh, Westbrook having his way throughout throughout most of this game with Chris. Um, after that missed layup, we'd see uh, four straight free throws from uh, Chris and Drew. Just looking at some other games to follow up, or pardon me, looking at some other stats to follow up this game, uh, we'd see a remarkably close battle in both uh, two-point range and three-point range. Bucks making 26 of their 55 uh, attempts to the Wizards, uh, making 27 of their 43 attempts in two-point range. The biggest disparity here is really just the 12 extra shots for the Bucks that they weren't able to convert to to spread out this this uh, victory margin a little more uh, a little earlier. And then same deal from the three-point uh, line. Bucks making 17 of their 45 attempts, and the Wizards with 16 of their 41 uh, threes. Both teams knocking down a knocking down a pretty respectable clip. The main story in this game, though not to bury the lead, was Giannis Antetokounmpo with uh, 33-11-11 triple-double to Russell Westbrook's uh, 42-10 rebound, 12 assists, triple-double. This is only the sixth uh, posing duo in NBA history to have uh, 30-point triple-doubles. And then there was also uh, more history made on this one. Not just in this contest, but this is the first time in NBA history where five guys uh, across the league uh, recorded triple-doubles, of course, Giannis and Westbrook. Then there's also Harden, Savonis, and I believe Randall rounding rounding out that um, five-man group for triple-doubles. I admittedly from the... um, 
wasn't watching this one supremely close. This is the first time in a while I was able to see see my boy Andy and get to watch this game with with someone. So this one admittedly didn't have my complete undivided attention, given that given that the Wizards didn't have Bradley Beal and we're also going to be facing them tomorrow as of recording. Um, I believe Monday night, that is, we'll be facing the Washington Wizards again. Um, but I remember Andy and I, especially once we read that the the former stat that I mentioned of Russell and Giannis being only the sixth opposing duo to point, to put up 30-point triple-doubles, we were quite skeptical of it, but I believe it did come from either the NBA or ESPN's Twitter account. So I'll go ahead and trust that one. If you also didn't notice that all of that detail, I... I came dangerously close to saying Russell Wilson instead of Russell Westbrook. So <laughs> apologies if I misspoke at, at any of those routes. But those were the uh, the only two uh, Bucks contests of the week. Of course, we had that all-star game there that doesn't have many implications at all for the Bucks. But... Uh, we had we had some more Bucks news here. Apparently, uh, announced during the fourth quarter of this game, the Bucks signed swingman uh, Alex Tupain from the uh, Santa Cruz Warriors. Obviously, the G League's or pardon me, the Warriors G League affiliate uh, to their open two way slot. This is particularly confusing to me at the time because I had just mentioned last week that the Bucks had planned to sign uh, Miles Powell to a two-way contract i've heard rumors that either that fell through or perhaps they're going to be uh signing diakite to their uh 15th uh a-team roster spot regardless um no no real details on miles powell has really been solidified from a reliable source for me to confirm so perhaps i'll share that on next week's episode uh, I tend to believe the the former theory that I had made um, about um, perhaps something fell through there with Miles Powell because I don't really see basically the Bucks don't really have any incentive for signing um, Amadi Diakite despite um, all the excitement around him right now from Bucks Twitter as I believe the NBA lifted all restrictions for. Um, maximum days uh, a two-way player is allowed to stay up with the A-team. I don't know why I keep calling the A-team, but we're going to go with it. I think you all know what I mean. Um, normally, a G League, uh, rather, a two-way player would be capped at 45 days with the A-team, but um, because of this uh, unprecedented year, uh, NBA is trying to be a little more flexible and help out teams, especially with uh, with health and safety protocol. So there's really no reason to sign Diakite to to arrest the season uh, contract at all. Um, maybe if they want to bring him in on the um, for the playoffs, they could always just wait until the last day of the season to do so. Um, and then there's no risk at all of him counting court, counting towards our salary cap at all. Of course, the Bucks have a very limited amount of space uh, between where they are now and the apron in which they are hard capped at. Right now, I'm pulling on spot track. Right now, the Bucks have uh, only 
$441,574 in between them and their hard caps. So there's no reason uh, to risk having any of that count towards uh, Diakite when... um, when there's no reason he won't be able to stay up with the with a team as long as he wants, um, I'm going to share some other reasons why you might want to share why you might want to save that space for uh, something else, especially with the trade deadline uh, approaching in short 11 days as of recording recording on March 14th, Pi Day. The NBA trade deadline will be next week, Thursday, uh, March 25th. Of course, after that point, we'll be seeing, we'll likely be seeing a lot more uh, buyouts that could interest the Bucks. Bucks are still limited there if they want to uh, sign a veteran free agent off of a buyout to a rest of the season contract. Because after all, um, 441000 is not an exceptional amount of space. Um, yeah, before we get into that, I also just wanted to note that the Lakeland Magic, the G League team that Diakite was uh, performing at before called up to the big squad, was uh, has won the NBA G League title in the G League bubble. And there was also a screenshot saved there of, uh, of Diakite on FaceTime with the team celebrating. So... Shout out to shout out to them for winning the G League title, and I'm happy that they got to got to include their guy uh, Diakite in on the celebration. Hopefully, he gets a ring out of it. I don't see why he wouldn't. But yeah, more shouts to Diakite. No limit on that here on Nuck if you buck. Um, I had mentioned the trade deadline and rest of the season contracts. Um, one big name that has come up recently that could be on a buyout is Otto Porter, uh, coming from the Bulls. Um, Real GM reported that Porter and the Bulls may be agreeing to a buyout shortly. One team that they particularly interested in having interest would be the Warriors. Um, but I think Porter would uh, be a worthwhile addition to add for the Bucks. He could play at that forward spot, potentially fill in for uh, for Thanasis, even though um, I don't want to provide any, any Thanasis slander at all. Uh, as he's proven to be, a, you know, at times an, an important piece for the Bucks, especially when when we're looking a little more lethargic out there. He never fails to bring the energy for us. And uh, in a long, uh, crazy year like this one, that's certainly valuable. But uh, Porter just provides a lot more shot-making ability, um, whether straight from catch and shoot or he's definitely a lot uh, more capable of of backing down an op- opponent and just grabbing a bucket when we need one, and that's something that the Bucks were really missing in uh, last year's playoffs. So I could definitely see why the Bucks would be interested in Porter. I don't have any reports that they are, but I think they should consider it. I'd mentioned we only had four hundred forty-one thousand remaining in a uh, room between us and the apron that we're capped at, and. I'm going to try to break down how how Porter would fit into this because um, once, say, Porter would be bought out and brought on to the Bucks, if he is signing on for um, the eight-year veteran minimum, that would be a prorated deal from a um, $2,320,000 uh, annual 
uh, minimum contract. Of course, a rest of the season deal is prorated. In a normal NBA year, that would be um, that veteran minimum divided by the 177 uh, days in the NBA season. I'm guessing there's less than 177 days in this NBA season, but I'm just going off of that for the math here. Um, basically, if you take that veteran minimum divided by the 177 days, and then you divide that uh, 441,000 remaining in space from um, between our current salary cap table number. Yeah, you take that uh, from... Yeah, oh, geez, I hate talking through math here. This is this is a mess. But basically, I did the algebra, and the Bucks would have to. Um, they have to wait until 30, uh, 33 days remaining in the NBA calendar in order to sign uh, Porter for the rest of the day contract. Up until then, he could continue to play with the play with the Bulls if he so wants. After after all, uh, just because the trade deadline's coming up, that doesn't mean that that there's at all a time frame or a deadline for buyouts to happen before the end of the regular season. Um, so yeah, that's someone that I think the Bucks could consider. I don't think they necessarily have to make a move a move at all. We knew that this team was pretty much made going into the regular season with our limited flexibility. Um, and I certainly don't think there's uh, any reason for us to go after Lamar- LaMarcus Aldridge. I'm just putting that out there. I think he would he would fit quite poorly, especially um, I, I feel I feel like he would just basically be a worse fit in like a Brooke Lopez role that we have right now, even if he's even if he's a bigger name at this point. But yeah, I just wanted to shoot that one down for any Bucks fans considering that. Um, I know Frank Madden of Lockdown Bucks had brought up the possibility of moving on from a DJ Wilson in order to to even possibly sneak under the luxury tax, which would be, uh, despite the slander to Bucks ownership about being afraid to pay the tax as a uh, championship contender, there's also the repeater tax that would come into play if we, um, if we are under the tax for multiple seasons. However, uh, the numbers that I'm looking at don't indicate that just trading uh, DJ Wilson into someone else's space would would open up enough room. Um, right now, we're we are $5,859,000 away from uh, getting under the luxury tax threshold. And DJ Wilson has a final year salary on his uh, rookie deal of only $4,548,000. So just trading him wouldn't create enough room. We already have only 14 roster spots. I don't think we can go any below um, 13 at this point. So combining him with with anyone else I don't think would behoove the Bucks. plus um, I think I think pretty much the majority of players we have now either are a meaningful part of our current rotation or could be a part of one in the future uh, like a Sam Merrill or Jordan Noir that I wouldn't be super excited about giving up on at this point um, so I don't I don't necessarily see a DJ Wilson deal happening unless it's somehow um Unless we're somehow getting a veteran in return that would that would contribute more to this Bucks team. Finding a veter- veteran that would actually contribute to our championship hopes that's that would pretty much have to be underneath the salary of a DJ Wilson would be quite uh, 
uh, would be quite difficult to find, honestly, considering this, this wouldn't necessarily be the case case for uh, everybody. But an auto porter right now, he's making he has an uh, average annual salary of twenty eight million. Um, I believe he was signed in that crazy summer of twenty sixteen. So, so um, that definitely has something to do with it, but. He's someone that we're looking to end, uh, that we might look to add at the end of a bench, but um, I'm just mentioning that to show um, basically to provide support for for their may for uh, for it may being difficult to find a contributor for a set for uh, someone find a contributor and someone that's making less than DJ Wilson. However, I did make a list of teams that could be interested in him, some more than others. Uh, basically, I, I looked at I looked at every team in the NBA that's out of their uh, respective conferences playoff hunt. Um, that would be the Pelicans, Kings, Rockets, Wolves, Wizards, and Magic. Um, I think a couple teams that might be particularly interested in DJ's uh, three point shooting and switchability would be the King or pardon me, I listed the Kings obviously because they had already somewhat traded for him. Um, but it looks like they're they're in a they're in a lottery lottery position as well that may uh, want to give a look to a young guy like DJ, but I think the Pelicans and the Wolves in particular having guys like uh having guys like a Zion and and a Carl Anthony Towns, uh, I think they would maybe be most interested in in giving DJ Wilson a look. Um, <laughs> I don't think any team that DJ goes to would really um would really expect to have him playing major minutes uh, alongside those two guys. But I think he's kind of in, in that rear mold of a guy who can, who can shoot it from three. At least you have to respect him from there, but also he's quite versatile defensively, um, which would, which would, uh, you know, help if he's playing alongside uh, a Carl Haney Towns and a Zion Will- Williamson who have to, have to be more focused on contributing on, on the offensive end for their teams. So, yeah. Maybe they would be interested in DJ Wilson, but at the same time, if he's not getting us under the under the luxury tax threshold, I don't think we should really be too aggressive on going after him. So that's pretty much all to say that I wouldn't put my money on the Bucks making any moves at this trade deadline. I don't think we really have to. I think we're kind of one of the rare teams that would be that would be okay with standing pat, but. At this moment, I think that's pretty much all I have for all the listeners out there. If you have any thoughts, you're welcome to share them with me at NuckAFewBuckNBA on Twitter and Instagram. U is just letter U. Everything else is as it sounds. And uh, I look forward to this week. We're going to be facing uh, the Wizards again. Hopefully we can win on, uh, on a higher margin there. As we also will be facing the... Uh, uh, geez, just off of memory, I believe we're facing the 76ers in the middle of the week, and then later on we're facing the San Antonio Spurs, who have sneakily been in the playoff picture for uh, a lot of the year in that formidable Western Conference. So that one's not going to be an easy out either. I'd expect us to win, but, you know, not super encouraged after after that kind of tough performance against the Wizards. And Sixers are, are the... Uh, are uh, are the Sixers at this point? So, not a great matchup for for the Bucks, and they've really proven to be 
uh, a top tier Eastern Conference team that they've uh, they haven't quite shown uh, up until this season. So it'll be a, an exciting week of basketball for the Milwaukee Bucks, and uh, hopefully I'll be hearing from you guys on social. But if nothing else, you'll be hearing from me uh, next week. And with that, I'll see you in another life, brother. Thank you for tuning in to Nuck If You Buck, the Milwaukee Bucks podcast. We hope you join us again soon. See you in another life, brother.